Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be finishing Pashas Vayishlach with Vayishlach Shvi. This Aliyah talks about the kings of Seir and the Alufim, the chieftains of Edom. Our Aliyah is 24 Pesachim long, running from Perak Lamed, Vov Pesachov to Mem Gimel. The, let's do a brief overview and then some basic points to ponder. We hear about the children of Seir, who, the Chori, the Chorite, who lived in the land of Seir. And we hear a long list of all his children. Lotan, Shavol, Tzivon, and Anna. And we hear about the Dishon, Eitzer, and we hear about their children and their chieftains. A very long list. We're not going to go through all the specific names right now. That goes to Pasuk Lamet. Then we hear the Melochim, Eila Melochim Asher Molchu Be'eretz Edom, Lifnei Meloch Melech Livnei Yisrael. Here are the kings who ruled in Edom before there was a king in Israel. That's a very curious Pasuk. We'll have to try and understand it ourselves. And then we hear about their names. We hear about um, Bela ben Boor, who was the king of Din Hava. Then when he died, Yovav ben Zerach from Batra took over. And then after he died, we hear about Chusham from the Temani area. And then we hear about the Altras Hadad ben Badad. And so we hear about all these different different people who ruled to eight kings with all kinds of very complicated descriptions about where they were and who they ruled over. And then it concludes the parasha, and these are the, the generations of Asaph. So a few best, two, two questions in the Saliana, with that we'll close. Number one is, why do we need to hear about the kings of Seir? Seir wasn't even part of Abraham's family. Remember, Seir was the land that, um, that Esau conquered and resettled in. It's in the area of South Jordan today, just across from Israel, the Dead Sea, southwards on the other side. So why is that? So why is it significant to hear about his generations? They seem to be such an inconsequential detail. So Ibn Ezra explains that the family of Esau and Seir were intermarried through Timnah. And because they were intermarried, it's important to know the origins of their family um, and, and the background. That's what the Ibn Ezra explains. Rahama Kodesh takes it a, few, a little bit further and he explains the following. He says that to understand what, what that, that, that Esav even had the Zechuyos, he had the merits to get his fair share, his land, and therefore we describe the, the, um, the tribulations that he had and the necessary, uh, the necessary way that he was able to get his own land as well. The Sforna takes a little bit of a different approach and he says, well, if you knew and understood all these names, you understand that these were all fearsome warriors. These were all very powerful people. And therefore, the fact that Esav conquered them gives you even more credence to the success of Esav as well. The Ksava Kabbalah of Yakosi Mecklenburg says, a, quotes the Vilna Gaon, who says that Esav conquered the cities of the Chori and they were named after the people though the people of the people's names. So it's important for us to know their names because in the end of the day, later on in Sefer Devarim, we're going to hear that there's a prohibition for Israel to attack Edom. So we need to know the exact parameters of his land. How do we know the exact parameters of his land? By knowing who lived there beforehand and therefore the names of the city. So it's going to relate to the halachic detail of the, what is Edom today and what is not. Okay, these are the, we're looking at the first question. The second question which we're going to be dealing with is the question is, why do we need to hear about all these kings of Edom before there was a king in Israel? So Rashi says that if you count these eight kings are actually referring to in the future. And during the, it's talking about actually the eight kings during the times of Israel's greatest strength and unity that the kings of Edom did not have power. So when Yaakov was up, essentially, then Asaph was down. And who are those eight kings? On the throne of Israel, they are Shaul, his son Ishbosheth, David, Shlomo, Rechabam, Aviyah, Asa, and Yehoshaphat. So, and then later on in Yoram as well. That was when Edom 
um, rebelled. So during the reign of these kings, that's when Edom was sublimated to Israel. And these are the, we're hearing about the kings who are the parallel. These kings are the parallel at this point in time in the Edom who are sublimated to Israel. So if you think about this for a moment, it's essentially a prophecy about the future as well. Now, Ibn Ezra quotes a sefer he calls the Yitzchaki, written by somebody whose name or family name has to be Yitzchaki. It's not referring to Rashi. And the Yitzchaki said that this is referring to um, the, these, these psukim talking about the future must have been written by a future prophet at the times of Yehoshaphat. And they were later on added into the Torah. The Ibn Ezra responds to this proposition by saying the reason why his book is called Yitzchaki is because Kola Shomer Yitzchak. Anybody who hears this will just laugh. It's so preposterous. This is heresy. To say that Psukim were added into the Torah later on is heretical. And therefore he actually says anybody who gets hold of his book should burn it. Um, this is not this is not this is not Judaism to say that um, to say that there were Psukim added into the Torah later on by a prophet of the times of Yehoshaphat. So he says rather um, it's not referring to a prophecy about what's going to be in the future. It's referring to the these kings are the kings who ruled before Moshe Rabbeinu became the leader of Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be compared to a melech. So Lifnei melech, melech, melech be Israel refers to Moshe Rabbeinu. And when Moshe Rabbeinu is writing the Torah because he was the last author of the Torah, he, he Hashem gave him all the prophecies to put into the Torah. So when he writes it at the end, he's now seen eight kings of Edom and he's describing the kings he's seen retroactively. That's what's going on over here as well. The Ksavah Kabbalah actually takes, it gives a proof for this theory that it was written by, it's told by Moshe being the king and all the kings of Edom up to that point because he says if you look at Oz Yashir, it talks about Oz Nivalu Alufei Edom. Then the Alufei Edom, the chieftains of Edom, are going to be confused, implying that there really are chieftains at the time of Kriyas Yamsuf, which indicates that we already have these, um, the, these, this operational government as Alufim, as chieftains, as opposed to kings, which will be a later stage of government in Edom as well, and he points out that there were multiple chieftains at once, it wasn't sequential as well. You'll also notice an interesting point over here is that there's no continuation from one generation to another of chieftains. Each of them has a, it's not son after son, there's no dynasty here, it's one ruler after another ruler, almost like the stage of Shoftim in the land of Israel as well. Two more broader notes to, to make, make note of. One is the Rav Soloveitchik who points out that we are being told this at the end of the parish about these chieftains of Edom because what's being told to us essentially is that the fight of Yaakov and Esav may seem to have been resolved at least minimally in this parasha, but really the fight continues. The, the seesaw that, that this, this reciprocal power struggle throughout generations is going to continue and that's how the Torah ends off by saying and here you have these chieftains and they're going to rule before the kings of Israel and the kings of Israel are going to come into place. That means to say it's going to be a continual perpetual perennial battle as well. Finally, the Orachim HaKadosh concludes with a rather enigmatic comment, and he says that this refers to the times of Mashiach, and at the times of the Mashiach, there's going to be a, a time when the kings of Israel are going to rule for the same amount of time, the same way that the kings of Edom ruled over the Jews for all those, all those terrible centuries and times and difficult moments. It's referring to the future as well. So there's obviously enigmatic, more Kabbalistic ideas about the future as well. With this, we conclude Parshas Vayishlach and the seventh Aliyah, of course. Have a wonderful, meaningful day and a fabulous Shabbos.